Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The law of action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you here. Living a Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action. And I love to connect with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts taking inspired action every single day. If this is your first time joining us or you've been with us for a while, I want to personally thank you for listening in and being here today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Living the Law of Action show on your favorite podcast platform. I would so appreciate it. On this show, my guests are incredible. People who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of inspired action. My guest today does just that. In this episode, Lori Myron Manbeck and I discuss how to live your passion to have a much fuller life. If you want to learn how to create balance, take chances, and understand that it's far worse to not act than it is to act, this is the show for you. Lori is an expert and CEO and founder and serial entrepreneur whose accomplishments include she's a geriatric psychologist, she's an author fellow podcast host, and entrepreneur. Her purpose and passion are to create a sustainable future where everyone thrives. Lori loves talking with people and hearing their stories and firmly believes that the only way forward is together. She is a fellow podcaster, and you got to listen to her show too. It's called Inclusivity Talks Sustainability. Lori, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. Rob, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we talked previously before we got on mic. And uh, so we'll just go back. So in was it middle school or or high school? You were bullied. That's a really tough thing to go through. It is a tough thing to go through. I was actually bullied by my brother. Wow. So I was bullied at home um, for probably certainly middle school, part of elementary school, a little bit into high school. Um, yeah. Wow. Can you go into a little more detail of exactly what he did, um, just so I can understand? Of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. So I, for some reason, my brother and I were close when we were little, and then there was a point where he decided that I was just horrible. Fair game. And every day told me I was ugly, told me I was unattractive, would punch me in the arm when he walked into the room, um, just made me feel like I was awful like there was something seriously dreadfully wrong with me wow that's hard and it was he's he's two years older yeah yeah and as i said we were very close before that so when we were five we were incredibly close and then something happened and i think something happened in his life right to make that happen something outside of our house right but i didn't know that i was a kid now did you try to get help to stop that no and, and the reason I didn't was that, that I wanted him to like me. So I had such a strong desire for him to like me that I thought if I didn't tell anyone, didn't even tell my parents that 
that he would start liking me again because I didn't, again, I was young and I, I didn't know what I'd done, but I knew it must have been something that I did. I must have done something terrible to make him not like me so much. Wow. Wow. Did it just stop or what happened? Well, I, what happened is he actually, I, again, I think something happened in his life and at, there was a point where he actually found his his um, niche. He started singing in choirs in high school and kind of found himself. And I think when he found himself, he just started ignoring me. So we never, you know, he never liked me again. He never, be, we never became friends. But what he did was just pretend I wasn't there, which was, you know, significantly better than the bullying. Um, yeah. I think what was so hard about it is that that it just was kind of relentless, and it. Um, I, I went into junior high and high school really believing that I must be just completely unattractive and horrible, or no, why would anyone treat you that way if you weren't? Yeah, that's a rough thing to be bullied, and I, I definitely would think that that would have some really serious limiting fears for you to get through your life. Oh, tremendous. I, I literally had times in my junior high and high school and college life even where I thought, well, I will never get married because I'm probably the least attractive person in the world. And literally thought that, like, actually believed that I was incredibly unattractive. I also believed that I must be not very smart. So when I got into graduate school, I'm a geriatric psychologist, as you said, and you have to go into graduate school. And to get into graduate school, you take this test. And I did really well on the test. And then what I said to myself immediately after I took the test was, the test must have been easy this year. This must have been the year that it was easy if I did so well. Right. You accomplished a lot. So you went to graduate school. That's, that's, that's way over 18 years old. That's a few years of, of scholarly studies. Okay, so with everything that was going on and the fear and the abuse that you were living through, why didn't you just climb into a cave and just shut down? How, how did you keep going? What, what made you continue with feeling that you're worthless, you're not attractive, you're dumb? How, I, that, how did you do that? I felt constantly like I had to prove myself. So I think that that kind of abuse can have a couple effects. One can be you just shut down and you close off and you cover your head and you don't do anything. The other pretty normal reaction is, well, now I have to excel at everything. Because if I don't really push myself, I have to prove something. I have to do something. And so my reaction was that. Also, my my family is, you know, all everybody in my family goes to college. Um, many of them would went to graduate school. And I also think for me, excelling was a way of hiding. I didn't want anyone to notice me. I didn't want my teachers to notice. So I needed to do well so that I could kind of stay in the background. Um, nobody ever had to call me out on anything, right? Nobody ever had to question what I was doing because I always stayed in line. I always did exactly what was expected of me. And I think the bullying made that, there was no way I was going to step out of line and do anything that wasn't acceptable because I didn't want to draw that attention to myself. Well, I find that fascinating because here you want to, you know, be off the radar, but being an extraordinary student, which apparently you are, that's pretty much on the radar, but it's, that's a very interesting take 
on that. Now you're you're your psychologist, so I, I think that a lot of the conversation we're having today is is based on your education because you're able to go back and look at it. And is that what you did? Did you finally just zero in with your education and and go, oh, so this is why I'm doing this and this, and I can overcome this. So where are you today? So what I would say happened in my education is I, you know, I kind of, you know, quietly went through undergraduate and graduate school. And then about my third year, one of my professors actually noticed that I was being very self-deprecating. And he said, no, he called me out, which again, I was trying to be invisible, right? So I was trying to be the person in the class that really didn't need to be called out. And he called me out on that. And I went home and I said, okay, that is not working anymore. And it was at that point that I said, this is, this is literally, I said, this is ridiculous. This is not okay. You're not the ugliest person in the world. You're not stupid. You're clearly not. So stop it. And it was from then it's been, you know, for a while it was an everyday battle of saying, you know, you're not, this is ridiculous telling yourself to, and you're lying to yourself. Um, And now it's much better and more often than not, I don't have to have those conversations. But there are still days that I have to literally say out loud to myself sometimes, no, you're really okay. Like, you're, you're, not, you're not terrible. Your brother was wrong. He was a liar. What I love about it is as a psychologist, I'm actually a geriatric psychologist now. And what I love about it um, in my work is that I know this. And so when I meet someone, and many people are bullied, right? A lot of people have a difficult, absolutely in their childhood. Absolutely. And a lot of people have a family member or sometimes a parent who just told them you're worthless. You're not, you're not worth anything. And so one of the things I share with my clients all the time is when you have that other voice in your head telling you that you have to tell them to get lost. You have to tell them there's, they're, they're wrong. Yeah. And so it's, it's been, you know, in that way, it's been a blessing because it's something that I can share with my clients and that I know, I really, really know what it feels like to have that voice that just says, you are a worthless human. And the voice is a liar. Yeah. It's wrong. Well, I'm sorry that you have to have that voice. And I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm glad that you've you. worked through it. And I'm glad that you're able to have conversations with other people to help them. So there's a video that you should definitely check out. It's with Bob Newhart. If you don't know who Bob Newhart is, he is a, um, well, he's an actor, but he was on a TV show called The Bob Newhart Show. He was a psychiatrist and he's just really funny. But it was, uh, I don't know what comedy show it was on, but it's called, if you look up Bob Newhart, just stop it. And it's great because the power of our brain is so incredible and people want to hold on to all the stuff going on in their life. Like, you know, it tends to, to peek back in like for you, but really it can be as simple as, you know, just stop it. And, and I, I, he is so perfect. I don't know if you've ever seen that video before. Have you ever seen it? If you've seen the video of Bob Newhart? I haven't, but I love... Oh, my God, it's no, so great. I love Bob Newhart. Yeah, so he's, this woman is complaining, and he's like, so what do, you, what do you think, doctor? He goes, just stop it. Just stop it. So it's unfortunate that people are just haunted by their past, and, 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 and it really can be as simple as just stopping it. And there also is time you need therapy, but, you know, how did you eventually just break through that fear of, like, being abused and you're not going to be abused anymore. When did that happen? I mean, I think that's, as I said, that's kind of when it started is that, you know, in graduate school where I realized it was going to negatively impact my 
my experience with my professors as well as my therapy work. I I sort of stepped back and said, if I don't deal with this, how am I going to try to pretend I'm helping other people deal with theirs, right? So I had an advantage because as a therapist, it mattered. It mattered a lot that I sort of figure out my own stuff. And so I think for me, it really was a matter of, and I think for a lot of people, it is a matter of facing it, acknowledging it happened, acknowledging the impact it has had, and then saying, but I'm done with that. Because now I'm a grown-up. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we have to get to a point where we just say, and it's not happening anymore, and I'm not going to let that run my life. And so I think that's that's exactly it. It's just that decision of I'm done. I'm I'm not going to let it run my life. And then I think it helped even more when I decided. So I went into geriatric psychology. I've been doing that work for a long time. Completely love it. And then I decided to start a company and taking the leap to start a company when I thought I never would because I had to. I think that for me is following my passions. That's how I overcame the bullying. That's how I became myself. That's how I came into myself is saying, I have to pursue this because it is a passion and I love it and I, I don't have any choice. Right. Now, we'll, so, yes. we're going to talk about your, your businesses and stuff, but I'm just curious, did you go into psychology based on the fact you were bullied or did it just, was it an organic flow or that's something you've always wanted to do? You're like, wow, I want to understand what's going on here. It's a really great question. I, um, my parents are both pastors, so they're both United okay. Church of Christ pastors. And so I was raised very, very much with the idea that I had to do something to serve others. Okay. And so I thought about going into the ministry okay. and then um, t- decided to major in psychology in uh, undergraduate and um, loved it. And so decided to become a psychologist based on that. And I, and I will say that I thought about psychology and I thought about social work. And I actually decided to become a psychologist because I worked between uh, undergraduate and graduate school at a hospital for children who um, were experiencing psychological difficulties. And and I worked there. And what I saw when I was there is that um, the psychologists really had wonderful positions, were given a lot of respect. And sometimes the social workers who knew just as much were not given the same level of respect. And so I decided to go for for my PhD in psychology because I thought I would rather be in that position where people do listen pretty easily to what I'm saying and have some level of authority. So So you went from some psychology and then you transitioned into making an even more of an impact in the world. Tell me about that. So I still do my geriatric psychology part-time because I really love it. But about five years ago, I just noticed that the world was not going the direction I wanted it to. So I felt like I was worried about people's rights being taken away. I was worried about the environment. And so I just woke up one morning and it happened to be my husband's birthday. Actually, he was sound asleep. Um, in we were in a hotel. He was sound asleep on the other side of the room. I just couldn't sleep. And I you know, contacted a friend of mine whose name is Najibi from kindergarten. And I said, I don't know what, but I need to do something. From kindergarten. And I'm like, that's amazing. Said, Hold on. I got just like, I know, wow, I know. how do you know someone from kindergarten? That's, I don't, I, she is like, she is just the best person. <laughs> like she is. I, well, and it was first grade. I'm so sorry. I did not meet her in kindergarten. Okay. Same thing. That's pretty impressive. Um, that's pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> it, She's just amazing. And so I contacted her and her response, which was just what I needed to hear, was whatever you do, I am behind you. 
you can do anything. And then she reminded me of things that I'd done in my past. Like when I was a graduate student, you have to do an internship if you're a psychology graduate student. And usually you have to go to an internship site, which might be far away from where you live. Well, I had two children by the time I was an intern in graduate school. And so I created my own, I got permission from the state to create my own internship. And she said to me, if you can do that, you can do whatever you want. So I started the company because I wanted to spread messages of justice and kindness. And it started out as we were having artists make t-shirts with designs that really promoted justice and kindness. But then it's morphed into this um, incredible company where everything we do is about that. So I wrote a book on on sustainable living and I talk and we, I have a podcast on sustainable living. We also continue to create clothing that's sustainable and our mission is just to make sure that we create a world where everyone thrives. That's nice. Well, you know, one of the and things I'm you talked about every day. Yeah, one of the things you talked about is that, you know, you have your friend from first grade, and it's really important, yeah. and you're a, a, you know, someone who's proven that, is that you need to have people in your life that are not yes people, but you need to have people in your life who have your back and see your greatness. Yeah. And that's really important. You know, yeah. we get stopped in our tracks based on fear. And usually it's fear of unworthiness, fear of success. You know, a lot of times it's fear of looking bad in front of our family and friends. So how are you able to break through your fear and do all of these incredible things? Or were you just fearless? <laughs> um, I think I'm not at all fearless, but I think I act fearlessly. I think that's been the key for me is that even when I'm terribly fearful, I've made myself act as if I'm not. Yeah. These important things. And I love what you said about having people in your life who are your, not, again, as you said, not a yes person because what you don't yeah. need in your life, no. or at least you don't need very many people who just say, whatever right. you do is wonderful. Right. Every, mo every word out of your mouth is right because nobody is that great. Um, but you do need people in your life who understand just how much you can do yes. and who remember it and who remind you. And so I think that's, you know, part of the way I've done it is, and I will say that when I decided to start a company, my parents were 100% behind me. And I didn't know if they would be, as I said, they're both pastors and, um, you know, they, I, I just didn't know what they would think. Right. And their response was, we love that you're doing this. Your mission is so amazing. We're so proud of you. And so I think having that and just also, um, I don't know if you've ever had this, Rob, if you've ever had something that you felt like you just had to. And I think that's what makes me act fearlessly is right. those moments where I know I have to do something because I'm just uneasy. And that's what happened with the business is just this uneasiness that I have to do more. When I started working in geriatrics, actually, my training was just general psychology, but I've always loved older people. And so I started working in geriatrics literally after finding an ad that was about an inch long in the paper that gave no details and just said, looking for psychologists to work in geriatrics. Wow. And I was like, I need to take this jump. I know nothing, but I need to take this leap because this is where I'm supposed to be. And so th for me, I think that's where the fearless acting comes from right. is this sense that I actually don't have any real choice here. Like the, the this is something I kind of have to do. And so how am I going to do it? Yeah, it's, it's so important to trust in that the universe and spirit will really 
lay it out there for you of what you're supposed to do. I'm curious, has there been a path that you, because I, I believe, I feel that this has been a very uh, simple path for you to take. It's just been very organically, just it's just all fallen into place. Would that be accurate? Um, it's an interesting, it, that's an interesting way to put it. I think that it's been a path that is is clear. So let's say the path is really illuminated. Right. But there are lots of hills. Absolutely. Right. So, so yes, I think that, that, um, like the business, there was no question I had to do it. Um, the, the, sw- the shift that we've done to, you know, for me to write the book and to do more talking, that, that's something we had to do. But parts of it have been so steep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it, 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 it's simple. It's not easy. I mean, even just being an author and selling a best-selling book, I know, because we're in the same club of that, it's a lot of work. People are like, I'm just going to write a book. Is it? It's a lot of work. But what I'm trying to get to is staying in your lane. Like, I know when I was not in my lane and I was doing things other than using my my talents of my voice and my creativity and my, my passion yeah. and my ability to lead, that was not only not simple it wasn't easy and it didn't work so were there other things you did in your life where you veered left or veered right um that wasn't in your flow and what was that and then how did you get back in and how did you know i'm like i'm not supposed to be doing this Mm -hmm. um i would say that mostly what i think is interesting about your lane is that i think what's happened with me is that my lane has has been different from what i expected i never thought i would start a business and but that that lane opened up oh, yeah. and i saw it and i think that's a challenge for people sometimes do you know what i mean that it's a challenge if the lane shifts and and it's a challenge if it wasn't what you were expecting so so taking that turn and and staying in in your lane when your lane changes i think is um can be really challenging for people um I I would say that the, how I knew, how I've known that I wasn't in my lane anymore, wasn't doing what I was passionate about, is that I was just, and it wasn't so much in work, but it was in life. So when I was um, not really doing anything outside of work for other people, and so um, I would say for a while, as uh, when I was working as a geriatric psychologist, the only the the work was wonderful, but I wasn't thinking as much about the environment as I should have, or or as as right. I'm called to do. So not right. as I should have, but as me personally, what I'm called to do. And so I think what's happened with starting the business is that I have jumped in full force into exactly the lane I'm supposed to be in, where I'm helping others, I'm teaching people. Sustainability, the great thing about it is it really starts with self-care, which you know encompasses all that psychology training. Right. So I have the self-care piece, I have the caring for your neighbors, and I have the environment piece all in this one massively fast car that I'm driving in in this lane that I'm in and um, that's so exciting and I can tell I'm even when things are hard so starting a business is hard it's hard and so even when things are hard or I'm not I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pay for something or you know that that piece of it the bigger piece of it is hard right I still every night think but yet this is where I'm supposed to be yeah you know where you're supposed to be you know and I think that's it yeah. Yeah. So do you, so when you're doing these uh, these different things and you're taking this step and this step and this step, 
do you have fear? Or are you just like, just do it? I mean, I think that I'm always, um, that's an interesting question. Someone told me the other day that, that, um, they thought that I was, um, you know, just that I was fearless and that I was brave all the time. And I, I think I, again, I think I act like it, but I think there's pieces of fear and maybe more of it is self-doubt. There are moments of self-doubt. So as you probably know, before you started your podcast, your thought is, well, am I, you know, is this really, am I going to be good at this? Is this something I'm going to be excel at? And so I think those moments come in. Um, I think I fear sometimes that I'm going to, I, I do tend to leap. And so occasionally the leaping is wrong. So I might, and for me, it's things like I might hire someone just on a, like, oh, yes, you seem great without right. really doing all the due diligence I should. And so I think that those are, those are my fears, really, are that I'm going to do that um, and, you know, lead myself down the wrong path simply by jumping. So when you get a wall and it's based on fear, you're just not taking action, what steps do you take to break through that fear to get into action? It's a really good question. Um, I I think that I often talk to someone that I trust and who knows me and try to talk it through. I journal sometimes or write down, and I wouldn't even necessarily call it journaling, but it's writing down what I'm thinking, what my fears are, what, the, what I want the outcome to be. Um, and I eventually just push through it. I, I, I do think that I, I, there are often images in my head of pushing through walls. And so I think sometimes it's just saying you absolutely have to do it whether you want to do it or not. It's, you have to. Absolutely. Well, and, and often, and I think, I, I think that, that the cool thing about that is once you start pushing that wall over, then it's like, oh, okay. It is crumbling. I can push it over. I think it's the first step, right? It's that first it's the first movement. It's, it's, for me, it was, you know, applying to have the business, you know, finding a business name and then writing out the information to apply for the, the corporation yeah. at the state. That's a gigantic step. But Big once step. you do it, then you're there. Like you have that and you kind of have to go forward then. Yeah. And the, the best part about the law of action is that you decide, you plan, you break through your fear and you get into action. And Absolutely. you can pivot. You can adjust. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can also take small little action steps to get into that big action mm -hmm. step. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, part of that law of action is that you are going to make mistakes. Absolutely. And you're going to do things that, that weren't the right thing to do. And Absolutely. What's, What's important is every single one of those you learn something from. And I'm really trying, for me, I'm really trying to remember that every mistake I made brought me here. And that maybe had I not made that mistake, I would not know what I know. And maybe my life wouldn't be so wonderful. Maybe I wouldn't know. Maybe I wouldn't have written a book. You know, do you know what I mean? That, that I think we never know exactly how that happens. But I think our mistakes are pivotal to the rest of our lives and to our understanding. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the beauty of being in action is that you can adjust. Yeah. You're not, mm -hmm. people tend to jump and then they're like, oh, what if I make a mistake and I can't do this or it's not perfect? Okay. 
you can adjust. It's okay. As long as you're moving forward, the universe takes notice of that and you get that momentum in your life. When you have the momentum of being in action, people will appear in your life, opportunity will appear in your life, and you will have that happily ever after that you so want. You have to be taking that forward momentum, that action. And when you do, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I I just want to say that one of the things that I... I'm so amazed by is what you just said. I I had a, I had a good life with with great people in it before I started the company. I believe that now I have the best people in my life. Like I I think that because of doing that, because of taking that action, I have met the most amazing, incredible people who are making a difference in the world and who I, I would never have met otherwise. And that is. Like that's life, right? I mean, that's literally what what keeps us going is the people in our lives, and to have this privilege of meeting just this array of diverse and interesting and smart and passionate people. I can't really imagine anything better than that. Yeah, it's fascinating because you know people and it's that because I took action. Absolutely, people that don't take action, they tend to meet a lot of non-action takers, and they wonder why their life is not going places. Mm-hmm. People that are in action and living in a yeah. life of inspired action and taking action and breaking through their fears and pushing their boundaries and pushing their limits and doing things they never thought they could do, they're attracting people in their life that are very similar to that, and it creates the momentum which leads to that happily ever after that we all deserve. Oh, I was just going to say, I think one thing that I just want to go back to um, overcoming bullying for a moment, and I think one thing that is crucial for people to remember is what you just said, is that we all deserve that, that that regardless of what's happened in our lives, regardless of anything, we deserve to look for that happiness, and we're worthy of that happiness, and I think that that gets in people's ways all the time, that they might even believe other people deserve to be happy, but I think people get caught up and start thinking that somehow they don't. Unless they're perfect, they don't deserve to be happy. Other people do, but unless they're perfect, they don't. And that's that's a trap. It is a trap, and that's a whole other show, but I guess, Terry, I, I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs> you deserve to be happy. And if you're not happy, yeah. you want to start looking at your life and look who's in your life and the surroundings that you have and start really adjusting what's in your life because... You deserve to be happy. And we'll leave it on that note. All right, you can reach Lori at www.inclusive. So it's inclusivity, but you got to spell it a cool way. And you can see it in the show notes, inclusivity.com. Also check out her podcast. And it is called... Inclusive Talks Sustainability. Love it. It's on all the podcast platforms. Lori, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rob. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen to the Living the Law of Action show. I so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, to touch your heart, move your soul, inspire you. Remember, take time out to breathe. Decide, plan, act. Don't let fear stop you. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show. 
with Mr. Action, Rob Actus. Please rate, review, and subscribe.